Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Got a voice, try and understand it. Make the noise and make it clear. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going to sit in silence. We're not going to be with me. Thirty-five, and uh, now's your chance to call us on 0800 on what you saw over the weekend, any subject. I mean, there was so much great sport on. Uh, what have you made of uh, the Women's World Cup so far? Have you been to a game? Uh, there have been pretty good attendances around the country. Auckland, you've been absolute stars. Wellington, not too bad. Dunedin, a little bit behind, perhaps. But having said that, uh, the real uh, acid test for Dunedin will be when the football fans turn up down there. I would imagine it'll be pretty hard to get a ticket at that point. So what has been your impression of uh, the Women's Football World Cup to this point? Uh, also, the Warriors, what a classic win. They never, they never win those games, do they? They never win those tight ones. Well, they do now. They absolutely do now with great composure, I might add. Uh, I was also uh, was very, very confident, actually, that they were going to get up. I wouldn't have had that feeling last year, but what about you? Uh, I, I had I had actually had a sneaky they were going to win that golden point because it's just happening this year in that kind of fashion. They have a plan, they stick to it, they play by it. Uh, so there's that to talk about. There's a test match coming up this week. Early thoughts on the All Blacks. Uh, what kind of gamble does Ian Foster take, if any? And how much would you like to see them pummel Australia because of Eddie Jones? If you're like me, uh, I would really like to see them get the job done at the MCG this weekend in front of a very, very big crowd. Uh, Australia, I think they're in a mess. I put Australia on the same level as uh, Wales, uh, perhaps Scotland, um, certainly Italy, just ahead of Japan, Argentina, and that echelon now of world rugby. And I can't see them getting out of it, to be perfectly honest. Right, uh, you might have a different opinion. 0800 150 Or if you watch the Open Championship, Brian Harmon, dominant performance. Absolutely brilliant. John from Auckland. G'day, John. How are you this morning? Oh, g'day, Smithy. Um, splendid, splendid, actually. What a weekend of sport mm-hmm. again. I mean, I can't even think about the All Blacks this week because of what's happened this weekend. Um, I was fortunate enough to get along to Eden Park bit of a new experience for me. I'm not really a big football fan, but um, it was really well done, really well put together, mate. I went to both games, the uh, USA-Vietnam, and also our football friends up against um, Norway. So they were both great experiences. I mean, I was actually quite amazed how many people had flown over. I'd say half their crowd was from the USA <laughs> at that USA game. And... Um, especially those who came to watch the the football friends play as well. A lot of them were, you know, a bit novice to the sport in terms of, you know, probably their kids have played it before, but they're not big supporters of the of the sport. But um, just around the Football World Cup, mate, it's been amazing. Our team is 
made a winning start, which is always encouraging. And let's hope that they can kick on and beat the Philippines and hopefully get a result against Switzerland. And that will probably see them get through to the top, what is it, 16? Top 16, is it? Yeah, 16, um, absolutely. Top top two from uh, each of eight groups get through the last 16, yes. Yeah, so, and that'll be the first time ever that our, our country has been, well, in men's or women's sport, been able to get into the top 16 of the world. So let's hope they keep continuing the way they're going. And then the Warriors, you know, they, they nearly faltered at the end, but that just shows they're a top four team. They can win in those situations. I mean, you know, last year they would have lost by 20 points, mate, in their last 10 minutes. It just showed mm. the resolve of the team. And the Raiders are a very good team, mate. You know, they top, they were top four. But I'll put it to you this way. I think the Warriors will be in the top four and the Cowboys as well. I mean, I'm yeah, not so sure if you've t- been watching them. They're very dangerous. Yeah. I was talking to someone about the Cowboys yesterday and they're saying uh, they're absolutely the, one of the form teams. Penrith were efficient when they had uh, Cleary back, of course, so I, I think they're probably the team to beat again. Could they get a three-peat? Uh, I wouldn't be writing them off. Just on, just on that Eden Park experience, uh, John, was there anything different? I mean, you don't go all that often, as you said, but did, have FIFA made it a different a different Eden Park because I spoke to someone earlier this morning that said he didn't feel like he was at Eden Park he felt like he was at a FIFA event yeah exactly mate I mean you've been there before for test match cricket for cricket in general for rugby test matches and you know the hype people are there they know the game etc but yeah it just felt different in terms of how they were running the show and the the supporters that were coming through and um, you know, we're not a real colloquial crowd here in New Zealand, but I saw a lot of, um, you know, football fans are different. And that was something I was new to. And I saw that when our team played. I mean, people were really getting into it. And um, there were quite a few Norwegians there too. So they had come over from their country and good on them. But I think the way FIFA runs their tournaments, you know, you can say whatever you like about them, but they run their tournaments really, really well. Outstanding, John. I really appreciate your call this morning, especially on that Eden Park experience. Yeah, I think um, I'd like to be able to perhaps go to one myself if we make the 16, uh, although I'd imagine uh, when we make the 16 or if we make the 16, those damn tickets will be pretty hard to come by as well. But uh, certainly that is the case. Sean Johnson was outstanding. His composure has been brilliant throughout this season. I mean, there was talk that, um, you know, that uh, perhaps uh, with Tavita Harris coming back, that uh, Sean Johnson's days were numbered at the Warriors. In fact, he didn't. He turned down a big money deal to go elsewhere. Um, I, I, when you look at that composure, you, you just backed him, didn't you? You just backed him to, to put the finishing touches on that performance. And um, how can you not have him at the moment? It's as simple as that. And know uh, whether um, he's um, <clears throat> the perfect guy in the group, the perfect guy to deal with, or, or whatever. I, look, I, I don't know for sure. But what I do know in that respect is he's fronting on the field week after week and his combination with Metcalf, who is going to be super good, super good player, uh, is interesting. Now, Robbie, uh, Robbie on the cricket had a little bit of feedback as well, Robbie, um, in terms of uh, what, Piers Morgan? Now, Piers Morgan is one of the most outspoken journalists, I think, not only in England but in the world, 
Uh, Robbie, what, what was Piers Morgan saying about the Ashes? Yeah, well, uh, as I said before, Twitter's my favourite place to be um, when something like this happens. And, uh, yeah, people are... Well, P- Piers Morgan, needless to say, is uh, not very happy... Uh, that Australia have retained the Ashes in um, in this fashion, and uh, he he tweeted um, he tweeted Has there ever been a less deserved retention of the Ashes from the best or de- debacle to this rain-soaked fiasco? It's an absolute fast smirking Australia has have ended up with the urn still in their hands. England comfortably the better side, as this test showed. Gutting, right? So that so that's his take on the matter, and. Uh, in the cl- in the classic internet being undefeated, people have gone and uh, dug up some old Pierce Morgan tweets, including this one back in 2013 when England retained the Ashen, uh, the Ashes in a very similar fashion. Boom, capital letters, hashtag rain, hashtag Ashes. So he didn't he didn't mind when it was uh, when it was the other way around. Well, he deals in controversy, Pierce Morgan. He absolutely loves it. Um, so. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't expect anything else out of him, to be perfectly honest. Uh, he's had a few jobs, hasn't he? And wherever he goes, uh, he causes a bit of a storm, but uh, makes a complete and utter fortune out of it as well. G'day, Scott. Scott from Taranaki. Morning to you, mate. Morning, Ian. Hey, uh, now I've got the app because we're going to the USA-Netherlands game uh, this coming Tuesday. We were hoping to go to the Tuesday game, but things got in the way. But um, I've checked online, and you can't get tickets for Dunedin unless you go through the buyback when people have uh, given their tickets back and you have to go into a pool to get them. So the, that game sold out and there's only limited seats for Philippines left, like very limited. So the New Zealand games look like they're selling out, which is fantastic news. And you can't get a seat there at a USA game either. So they're gone well as well. But um, I, I was a bit surprised with that Netherlands game yesterday because they're one of the favourites to win the comp. And man, it was a physical game. That Portugal team, <laughs> they brought it, that's for sure. They thought it was rugby at one stage, I think. Uh, mm. That was a tough physical match. Um, enjoyed watching it. Different to the New Zealand game. It's interesting. Um, now, which is great, you know, for the different variations of way the women play the game, you know, in different countries too, which is cool. Now, on the uh, cricket side of things, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, England's aggression have given each of those test matches the opportunity for results. I believe if England played like Australia in that first test, that would have been destined for a draw. Now, traditionally, you know, they, they scored that 300-odd and put them back in the bat. Now, I was actually quite pleased that they did that because it, it, speed, it speeds the game up. Going at seven and over in the, in the last test match in one session speeds the test match up. Now, how do we get that to translate into all test matches in some regards? Do we drop it to four days? Or do we put incentives in play by X amount of overs, X amount of points, you know, to go towards the World Test Championship? Because what we want to have is this progression of aggressive test cricket played in almost all the time if possible because I think it's rejuvenated the game and I think Australia can thank England for the fact that they did play the way they did because Australia benefited from you know the the ballsy decisions to take it on and have a go at trying winning a test match instead of drawing it like traditionally would have happened probably in the first two tests. So I don't know if there's a there's a special bullet for it or anything like that, but it's certainly something worthy of a conversation. Do you drop the amount of days or do you put incentives in place to make the game more attractive to teams to go for wins? It, yeah, it's just something I've been thinking about driving around today. I think it's a, a really 
Uh, interesting point you raised too, Scott. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I know there's a, a players committee that is appointed basically by the MCC and the ICC also have some involvement in as well to look at uh, those things that make the game more appealing. That is certainly on their agenda year after year. They meet in person at least once a year, but they have a lot of hookups uh, on various little matters which will um, will make the game more appealing to uh, fringe viewers and stop people who uh, have watched the game for years leaving. And one of those things has always been overrates, um, getting more bang for your buck. In other words, seeing more action and seeing it on a more quick basis, I suspect it's fair to say. Uh, and it's it's something that the players just sort of sit on. I, I look, I, when you lose 100% of your match fee, I would have hated that as a player. I, we get bugger all anyway, but to lose a whole lot of it for five days, and I, I, I wouldn't have been able to tolerate that. I couldn't stand doing overtime at cricket, actually, to be fair. Maybe it's just the wicketkeeper in me. But I hated the fact we'd still be out there at quarter past 20 past six trying to make up for time. Uh, I didn't run with that at all, and I hated the thought... Uh, we didn't have fines back in the day, but I would have hated to have uh, lost that on the basis that a quick bowler takes four and a half to five minutes to bowl and get through and over. And a, a captain uh, can't make his mind up about field placings, and that's half of it. The captain drives it. The absolute captain drives it. I like the fact that um, they dump captains, fine captains or suspend captains. I, I think that's one of the most telling things. Uh, okay, there's mitigating cir- circumstances in a lot of it. Um, but the match referee, um, and that should be his job, along with the umpires, to work out if there was a concerted effort to slow the game down or not to increase the pace of it. That should be his job. That, to me, is still the overriding factor.